Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. to talk about the budget allocation for the jails, medical, and mental health staffing. Correctional officers, paramedics, and EMTs have people to speak for them, whereas the nurses do not. There are nurses leaving due to the pay. If you increase the pay, had incentives for nurses to stay, you would actually be saving money. Could easily work. I could easily work at another institution with an increase of pay of $9 an hour, and I'd have benefits. There is no incentive to want to stay. Yikes. Uh, this is Megan Belongi. At She works, I guess, at the jail. as a, I'm going to talk about this with Wes Moreno coming up in about 20 minutes, but my understanding of the situation is that they are contract nurses, not in-house staff, you know, not paid staff, and so benefits and all that, that they're like 1099 employees, and um, which means that they probably get extra pay, but they don't get all the other stuff that they need. And the problem that she's getting at is uh, there's no reason to stay. There's nobody to speak for us, and uh, this is a problem. I also want to bring up either hazard retirement like the correctional officers, paramedics, and EMTs receive or hazard pay. We work in the same environment as them, but we don't have the resources they do to protect themselves. I have actually been assaulted there while working there. When speaking to lieutenants and sergeants, they are shocked we don't receive those benefits. We don't have our uniforms provided for us. We have to buy our own scrubs and tennis shoes. We also do not receive the, we did not receive the first responders bonus like the COs, paramedics, and EMTs. However, in the jail, we are first responders and held accountable for any outcome. It's not a pleasant job, as uh, a couple of different speakers mentioned. I think Megan was the one who also made the point about, hey, but it's good for the inmates for us to be there as continuous people that they're not constantly changing the staff. It's also you know, serving the community, doing something important, which is generally the heart of your medical staff. Uh, but, you know, give them the pay that they deserve. Give them, you know, they're dealing with challenges. Heather Binkley, another nurse who works at the jail. In the last year, I've had to forcefully remove my hands from inmates. I've had to, I've had my hair almost pulled if it wasn't for another EMT that I was working with, and I've almost been kicked. I've had to carry multiple inmates down stairwells because the stairwell chairs that you guys graciously provided for the jail are lost somewhere. So we carry, physically carry these people down the stairs. And without hazard pay, a lot of people who look into employment there don't see the benefit of being a nurse there. As opposed to being a travel nurse or a nurse for hire at a, you know, other kind of medical facility. I did not catch this person's name. It kind of never got said, but there was another woman who showed up a little bit later in the conversation. And also it's very difficult for us to be able to get a vacation it's not um, approved because there's no one to cover. If you find your own coverage, it is not approved until the time comes one month before. And then if that person quits, your, your um, vacation is revoked. You have vacation time you can't use. So a sort of collage of problems with the medical funding and the pay for the people working at the jail as nurses. And now historically, medical and jail have always been a mess. It's just always kind of been that way. It's, you know, a question of whether there's any particular fault in it or it's just kind of the structure of the thing. But like I said, we'll talk to uh, to Wes Moran about this coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, one thing is, as soon as these women were complaining to the Board of County Commissioners about the conditions and work work pay, I thought, oh, 
man, I hope this works out okay for them because the last time a bunch of employees came to complain about the problems with their facility, it was when the District 1 Medical Examiner's Office staff showed up to talk about how their facility at Sacred Heart was inadequate. And six months after that was when you had this, what I viewed as retaliatory scheme uh, involving Commissioner Barry and several of the funeral directors uh, that he got in a meeting where they submitted letters to him at the county impugning the quality of the work done by the medical examiner and all the brouhaha about that that's now led to a lawsuit for defamation by her against them. And uh, you kind of remember that, Baxter, because I was worried because, you know, I've seen this sort of pattern of retaliation, and I thought, oh, I hope that doesn't happen here. But to their credit, the commissioners were actually very sympathetic. Stephen Barry expressed sympathy for them and said this is something we got to work on. Uh, Lumen May expressed sympathy for them. And I think part of it is because there's, like, uh, nurses in everybody's family. I think uh, Commissioner Bear's wife was a nurse. Uh, uh, you know, I just uh, all of them have nursing connections. It came up yesterday in uh, Jeff Bergash's coffee with the commissioner. So I think they're a little bit more just sort of built in sympathetic to that stuff. But still, this is what Lumen said. But I do know uh, working as an RN in this jail is a lot different. Even if you're an LPN and working in the hospital, you go through a lot. And so we're going to make sure that we address the medical in, in the jail and you have my full support. So thank you thank for, you. for commissioner speaking out. Over, over the Good. Good. And thank you for speaking out. Good. And you heard Stephen Barry kind of there at the end, kind of his affirmation, too. Again, that's the better reaction. That's the right reaction is, oh, you're right. This is bad. Let's see what we can do about this. There's a little bit more to this, especially what Commissioner May had to say after that. I'll get to that in a second. Jake has traffic on the fives. Well, if you're headed down I-10 eastbound, just before Avalon Boulevard, state troopers are on the scene assisting a semi-tractor trailer that is disabled and pulled over onto the right side of the road, but it is blocking one of the lanes. And if you're making the exit on to Avalon from I-10 East, it's going to be a short process because of getting around the tractor trailer and the state trooper. So just use caution getting around there if you do have to exit. Otherwise, around town, we're looking good. Highway 98 is clear east and westbound through Navarre and Gulf Breeze. In Milton, Caroline Street is clear, also Stewart Street, no delays. And uh, looks like Cervantes, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. If you do see something out there, let us know. Call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to uh, Commissioner Lumen May's response to the women who work at the jail complaining as nurses uh, about some of the conditions and the lack of hazard pay and difficulty getting vacation and other other matters he says i think that we need to do a deep dive in one taking care of our employees but two recognizing uh, that most of the people that come are frequent flyers and they're going to come back and so it's important uh, that we give them the continuum of care uh quite frankly in their mental health to ensure that they don't come back so i, I look forward to the conversation mr chairman so what he's saying is pretty astounding here he's saying that because people go to jail and then get out and then come back to jail, that we should invest more in handling them sort of all throughout the process so as to, for mental health, prevent them from coming back, but also just plain medical health. Since we're going to be on the hook for their medical expenses, it's easier or it's cheaper and better for them if you give them ongoing care instead of crisis care when they're in the jail, forget about them when they're released, crisis care again when they're back in the jail and the health conditions have gotten worse because they haven't gotten medical care in the interim while they're out in the community. Now, as a conservative who's always looking to save a buck, uh, that makes some sense to me. As a conservative who thinks that the government shouldn't be providing all of these benefits to people, uh, that bothers me. But I see it both ways. It's a systemic problem. 
uh, but it's multifaceted. Uh, and, you know, this is just a small part of the problem that we have with the incarceration of people. And so to me, I, I serve on the Public Safety Committee with all the judges. I mean, we have to be more aggressive uh, in reducing uh, the amount of inmates. So I like the jail project that Julian McQueen is doing. We gotta get people out of jail because what happens is if a guy has cancer, he has HIV, uh, he has diabetes, I mean, that's going. And unfortunately, because of the poor health care we have, many people for relief, they want to go to jail so they can get their medication. And I see them nodding their head. That's that's the reality of it. I can't get my fix. I can't you know do my dialysis. I can't get my treatment uh, until I get housed in the jail. And so, I mean, we can say we're going to spend all this money on the jail, but we don't spend any money on prevention. And if they're on the hook for these costs because they're inmates, that I mean, it becomes very, very expensive. That's a challenge. I agree with him about that, at least in terms of the concern. What's the remedy? We can talk about it, but that concern is, I get it. Some of our homeless people are not really criminals. They are doing acts to get arrested, to get arrested because they need a relief. They need their medication. They need their fix. And so, to me, I mean, I hope that that's a part of the conversation that we've not really addressed that. And should that be the obligation of the jail? I mean, it certainly is right now by law, but should it be? And if you can't get that changed or can't do that better, then how do you adapt to that circumstance given the problem that uh, Commissioner May is talking about? I don't know. Hard problem. Okay, hard problem. 619 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. If you're thinking about buying a house and really just thinking about it, like kind of, you know, in that man, I wonder if stage. Now, that could be for the first time buyer. That could be you've got one, you're thinking about moving up, and you want to know whether, you know, the price bracket you're kind of considering is good for you right now. In which location? Is it Gulf Breeze? Is it Pace? Is it, you know, Molino? Is it the west side of Pensacola? I mean, you know, they're all different markets, right? So you want to talk to somebody who's really an expert in this field. It could be that you want to buy a rental home. And you're trying to decide, do I want a VRBO or do I want a regular rental, long-term rental? What do I do? All, again, all good questions. Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty are great at answering these questions. They sold 175 homes last year, which is crazy. I mean, she's been doing this for like seven years. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's really, it's amazing. So communication system, that's what she talks about. We'll talk to you. We'll answer your questions. And, you know, we'll help you ask questions you didn't know to ask. And... We have a whole system for selling and buying homes that just plain works. 723-9158, 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty. Let's get to the points. MasterCard reward points from Pinair Credit Union. Open a new account today and you can earn 20,000 free reward points in the first 90 days. Use those points for travel, merchandise, even cash back. And with no hidden fees and no balance transfer fees, Pinair's reward MasterCard fits you perfectly. Get started online at penair.org slash credit cards. Subject to credit approval, terms and conditions may apply. Offer available on new accounts only. See website for details. Hello, this is Mary with Howard Young Flooring. Shopping for flooring can be a little overwhelming. At Howard Young Flooring, we are here to help you any way we can and answer any questions you may have so that you can make knowledgeable decisions. We understand the importance of each and every customer and would like to thank you for allowing us into your homes. For those we have not met, we hope to see you soon. Visit us today at 4333 Avalon Boulevard in Milton. We look forward to covering your future. Join Stephen Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College on the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow at 10 a.m. Key Marine Center is sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service Technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. It's a dream team, so join them tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620.
Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. Join the fun of the Kids and Critters Mardi Gras Parade, a walking procession for people and pets. Saturday beginning at 2 in the Casino Beach parking lot. See PensacolaBeachMardiGras.com for more. The 28th Annual Cordova Mall Ball is Saturday night, benefiting the Studer Family Children's Hospital. Come out for the sights, food from favorite restaurants and chefs, live music, and fun. See PensacolaMardiGras.com. Submit your events at NewsRadio923.com. Start your mornings off informed with all things Pensacola on the Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Really, Dr. McCoy, you must learn to govern your passions. They will be your undoing. For those of you who think that somehow it's inappropriate to match Star Trek and Guns N' Roses, Star Trek's in the future. They obviously had GNR in the uh, computer records. They could have listened. Just think about it. You just you don't think through these objections is the problem, see? Uh, House Bill 3, House Bill 1, the two big signature bills for the uh, House of Representatives. Uh, House Bill 1, which would ban social media accounts for anybody under 16 and regulate 16 and 17-year-olds. House Bill 3 is the online porn identification bill that you would have to you know, do age verification in order to get access to um, uh, to pornography. Chase Tremont is the representative leading this. Now, they just got heard yesterday in another House committee. This is actually from the previous House committee. You know, in my personal conversations with folks as I uh, speak, whether it be in uh, church or whether it be at uh, multiple political parties or different venues, that uh, if by some chance that our um, country were to fall someday and collapse, I think we can trace it right back to the invention creation of internet, because uh, while it has brought in substantially uh, good and positive benefits, it has also been a Trojan horse to bring in a number of things that uh, can lead to our eventual downfall. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree with that, frankly. He can, he went on to explain the bill. It's basically age verification for access to, uh, you know, adult content sites, and not just the, hey, click here because you're 18, uh, but, you know, actual verification of your age. John Abiola from the Christian Family Coalition. The National Decency Coalition has gathered some stark statistics regarding pornography used by children, including the fact that 90% of 8- to 16-year-olds have been to a porn site with the average age of first pornography exposure being between 11 and 12 years old. 71% of teenagers ages 13 through 17 come across internet porn without even looking for it. Yeah, they're not even trying to find it, and then you know, once they find it, they like it, and they go back for more. That's the problem. Eight other states have passed age verification laws uh, just this last year, 2023. They are Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and North Carolina, it's time that Florida was added to that list. Yeah, we aren't, we aren't even first on this, right? There are several other states that have done this. This is um, Aaron DePieto from the Florida Family Policy Council. The individuals who win with this bill are the parents seeking to protect their children and the innocent children being targeted by these porn corporations seeking to sexually exploit them for profit. And as we all know, the only loser from this bill are the mega porn corporations focused solely on profits who will now be prohibited from seeking to turn Florida's young children into lifelong profit statistics. Yeah, it's a market they're trying to colonize. I mean, if you're a drug dealer, how do you sell drugs? You find people who aren't on drugs and you give them a little to try for free, right? And they want a little bit more and you give them more to try for free and then they want more and you're like, that's five bucks. 
then it's 30, and then you're hooked, right? I mean, that's, you know, doesn't take a genius to figure out how that works. So uh, how does somebody who sells pornography for a living make money? Find some kids who aren't yet hooked on porn, get them into it, give it to them for free, make them pay for it eventually. I mean, that's, you know, create a customer base. Of course. So Chase Tremont, the uh, sponsor for the bill, says... We may disagree. We may uh, have to come to the middle on uh, implementation measures of it. Uh, but to quote my, uh, my friend Rep. Rayner from earlier today, at what point will we say, when is it enough? Uh, I think this bill, to summarize in one word, says enough. Uh, that's exactly what this does here. And I understand that it's not the government's job to raise children, but it is our role to give parents the tools and provisions necessary to protect their children. And remember, this year in the Florida legislature, you have a wider range of all of the above tactics, including requiring that tablets come with, you know, age filters on them installed that can only be disabled by the parent, basically, or by an owner if you're above 18. Uh, it makes it a crime to give to kids if they don't have that on it. You've got this one about social media, which is often the way kids get exposed to this stuff because, my God, the content on social media is so lurid. Uh, and, you know, like I said, it's an above, all of the above strategy to try to protect kids from harmful material. 627 here on News Radio 92.3. It passed now two committees. Uh, and, I, you know, so did HB1. I, as I told you before, I expect those to sail through the House. The question is, you know, specifics, details, implementation, and enforcement, and then how will the Senate handle it as well? Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake? I'm not seeing any major slowdowns or accidents to report this morning. I-10 eastbound just before the Avalon Boulevard exit State Street. Uh, troopers are on the scene assisting a semi-tractor trailer that is disabled. Uh, it's making the exit process a really short one, so use caution getting around those vehicles if you have to exit onto Avalon from I-10 eastbound. Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear this morning. Caroline Street over in Milton is uh, checking in without delays. If you're on 98 this morning, headed eastbound into Navarre or westbound into Gulf Breeze, you're looking good. Uh, Three-mile bridge not showing any delays either. If you do see anything out there slowing you down, call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. David Wayne in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Well, over 100 million Americans may be getting a fresh blanket of snow before the weekend. Forecasters say a couple back-to-back storms are uh, going to cause some snow in 18 states, all the way from Wyoming to New York. A bill banning gender-affirming care for minors is advancing in South Carolina. The measure would prevent people under 18 from using hormone therapies or puberty blockers. That bill was debated for several hours yesterday before passing in the state house. It'll go for another vote today. And a county commission meeting in Reno, Nevada, opened up with a satanic invocation this week. Seen it before. Yeah, not the first time. A member of Reno Satanic, a local group there, delivered the invocation. Apparently theirs, I don't think, was as interesting as uh, (laughs) as the one you brought up because uh, it uh, started with a chant in Latin, ended in the phrase, Hail Satan. Uh, The group says it's the first time. Yeah, I mean, you know, entry level. (laughs) Uh, The group says it's the first time that's been done in front of a government body in Nevada. Yeah, well, which is kind of you would think Nevada would be ahead of the curve on that one. But no, apparently not. Yeah. Uh, Hail the Guardians of the Watchtower, the David Suhor refrain from years ago at City Council and at the County Commission. Different versions um, are, let's say, just plain entertaining.
Just plain yeah. entertaining. I'm working on the remix for Are that you? guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hail, 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 hail. <laughs> Something like that. No, you put a beat down. That's yeah. good. 437-1620. Oh, bad news for you if you drink bad beer. Um, Bud, Bud Light, the uh, workers at 12 factories in 11 states are, have voted 99% that they support a strike. So if you're trying to get your Stella anytime soon, or your Bud, or your Bud Light, and there's a couple of other brands that are lumped in with all of that, uh, you, you might want to get yourself over to the Dollar General and pick them up real quick before they're not available anymore. I say that because the Dollar General has the cheapest cheap beer prices. That may be surprising if you don't know that, but that is your place to go. And uh, if that's your beer, maybe get it before it's not available. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Five days from the New Hampshire primary, new polls show former President Trump with a 14 to 16 point lead over Nikki Haley there and Ron DeSantis in single digits. DeSantis moved a majority of his campaign staff to South Carolina. Haley's home state insisting a loss there will deliver a knockout blow to Haley's campaign. Though DeSantis tells Fox he's not skipping New Hampshire. Fox, Brian Yenis. Pakistan responds to airstrikes by Iran with airstrikes in Iran. These strikes by Pakistan's air force allegedly targeted militant hideouts, much like Iran said after its own airstrikes yesterday. It appears the two countries are targeting separate groups they accused the other of harboring. Iran State TV says at least seven people died in Pakistan's attack three women and four children. Fox at Jonathan Savage. Three people are electrocuted in Portland, Oregon after getting out of a car hit by a fallen power line in an ice storm. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 631 at News Radio 92.3. It's another cold morning. Not as cold today, though. We've got 33 degrees right now in Pensacola. There is an effort this legislative session to enact term limits for county commissioners. Senator Blaze Ingolia's bill has passed the Ethics and Elections Committee. It now heads to Community Affairs. State Representative Michelle Salzman filed a companion bill in the House. We're not nitpicking, you know, only this guy or that guy. We're very consistent. My bill on Friday will be 12 years, non-retroactive. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the next committee stop, um, whether it will move back to aid or whatever, but... Uh, the retroactive piece at most will only include the current term that you're in plus the next term. That during Commissioner Jeff Bergash's coffee with a commissioner, uh, Salzman says that term limits are necessary for everybody. She said if it's up to her, all constitutional officers would have term limits within the next four years. Well, the New Hampshire primary is next on the election calendar, but Governor DeSantis appears to be a bit more focused on another state. CBS News is reporting that a senior campaign official says most of DeSantis's campaign staff has now moved on to South Carolina. New Hampshire voters go to the polls on Tuesday. DeSantis plans to spend the weekend campaigning in South Carolina. A DeSantis staffer says his goal is to defeat former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley in her home state to drive her out of the race. That would leave DeSantis as the main challenger to former President Trump. The Santa Rosa County School District has announced the name for its new South End High School. The naming process was started back in December. Three potential names emerged, Bayshore High, Midway High, or Soundside High. To determine the final choice, school officials, uh, school-enrolled families from the South End uh, were invited to vote. After an initial vote, the two finalists were Midway and Soundside High. 4,345 respondents. And uh, the overwhelmingly, by right out of 1,000 votes, Soundside High School 
was what the stakeholders uh, selected in those out of those two names. Assistant Superintendent Joey Harrell recommended the board adopt Soundside High for a name. They did that unanimously this week. Uh, the school colors and mascot are up next to be determined. Charges have now been dropped for a Pensacola man arrested in November of 2022 for a fatal shooting at the Oakwood Terrace Apartments. 27-year-old LaKendra Holmes was released from the Escambia County Jail last week. He was charged with second-degree murder and possession of a weapon by a felon. One local defense attorney says in these circumstances, charges can sometimes be refiled in the future. Certain charges uh, have statute of limitations that expire after two, three years. Um, there are other charges where... You know, statute of limitations, uh, you know, there aren't any statute of limitations. So if, let's say, five years down the road, um, there's a DNA hit, right, on something that puts all the pieces together again, then potentially, yes, the state could look at refiling the charges. Pensacola defense attorney Jason Comey, who talked with Channel 3 about the case, uh, the charges were dropped in part because a critical witness in that case has died. A new movie starring Brad Pitt is now filming here in Florida. It's an Apple Originals film, uh, and production is beginning next week in New Smyrna Beach. Apparently, some scenes are being filmed at a restaurant, and they've invited employees at that restaurant to be extras. It is 635 at News Radio. Let's get a look at our traffic on the fives with Jake. If you're on I-10 eastbound this morning, just before Avalon Boulevard, uh, on the exit ramp there, state troopers are on the scene assisting a semi-tractor trailer that is disabled, blocking part of the roadway there and the exit ramp. So if you do have to exit there, it's going to make that process really short for you. So just use caution and go slow getting around those vehicles if you do have to exit. Uh, otherwise, around town, we're looking good. 98 is clear from Navarre into Gulf Breeze. Caroline Street in Milton is clear as well as Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in without delays. If you do see anything out there this morning slowing you down, let us know. Call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thank you very much, Jake. Now our Channel 3 forecast. We are going to start the day off on the chilly side as well. As we go into the afternoon, we will be warming up into the upper 50s, low 60s for highs with a small chance of isolated light showers. As you go into the evening, isolated light showers will be possible. Temperatures will be dropping overnight into the 50s, not quite as cold as what we've had over the past couple of nights. As you go into your Friday, we are going to be seeing temperatures topping out in the 50s, but we will be cooling down once again as we go Friday night back into the 20s. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning. Weather Center. Right now, 32 in Pensacola, 33 in Gulf Breeze, 28 in Milton. Our next news at 7. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. President Joe Biden is Biden's administration has approved a $1.1 billion grant to help keep California's last operating nuclear power plant running. The funding is part of a plan to keep the Diablo Canyon power plant producing electricity until at least 2030, five years beyond its planned closing. Terms of the aid package were not released by the Energy Department. Watches of Switzerland shares plummeted 32% this morning after the luxury watch retailer cut its guidance for the 2024 fiscal year. The company previously expected up to $2.2 billion in revenue. That number has been scaled back to just under $2 billion. The retailer blames a volatile trading performance and challenging macroeconomic conditions impacting customer spending in the luxury retail center. Futures are currently mixed. Yesterday, the Dow Industrials were down 94 and the NASDAQ down 88. That's your money now.
This ad furnished by Nesmet Taju LLC. Offer not valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Honey, the credit card bill came, and we're maxed out. Great. Maxed out cards, rent is due, bills are piling up. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. We should do what my brother did. He went to 27cash.com and got $3,000. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is different. They're one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000. I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork. Nope. My brother said it was fast and easy. He did it right from his phone. If you have a regular source of income, you can be approved for a loan of up to $5,000 in minutes and your cash can hit your bank account as soon as the next day. Our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Great news. I went to 27cash.com and we'll have our money as soon as tomorrow. Wow, that is fast. If you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27cash.com. It's a new year, and that means new savings on your next Volkswagen from Pete Moore Imports. Remember 0% financing? Well, it's returned to Pete Moore Imports and is now available on all 2023 Volkswagen Tiguan and Taos crossover models. In addition to 0% financing, Pete Moore Imports is discounting those models like the 2023 Taos SE, now from $31,245, and the 2023 Tiguan SE R-Line, now from $34,791. Both discounted models offer 0% financing for 60 months and with the new year comes the 2024 atlas se now from 38696 and the 2024 atlas cross sport se from 37361 start saving this month at Pigmore imports they're not in car city so you won't pay car city prices Pigmore imports is on new warrington road pensacola special apr rate for qualifying credit through pci sale price before tag tax title and associated dealer fees plus delivery by february 29 2024 for details. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. News Radio Pensacola. Your home for informative, local, and dependable news and talk. Start your mornings off with the award-winning Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Followed by the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jake. Then get informed and laugh from 11 till 2 with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Followed by the Guy Benson Show. Your afternoon drive is anchored by Pensacola Right Now with Joe and Austin. Followed by Dave Ramsey. It's News Radio Pensacola. Heard on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. I'm here to talk about the budget allocation for the jails, medical, and mental health staffing. Correctional officers, paramedics, and EMTs have people to speak for them, whereas the nurses do not. There are nurses leaving due to the pay. If you increase the pay, had incentives for nurses to stay, you would actually be saving money. Could easily work. I could easily work at another institution with an increase of pay of $9 an hour, and I'd have benefits. There is no incentive to want to stay. I think that we need to do a deep dive in one, taking care of our employees, but two, recognizing uh, that most of the people that come are frequent flyers. 
So Lumen May there at the county commission meeting last week responding to Megan Belongi. She is a nurse who works at the jail as a contract nurse, apparently. And uh, her and several other, she and several other nurses showed up to say, we need better pay, we need better we need hazard pay, we need better handling of our vacation. And Lumen says, we need to deep dive into a variety of these things because there's a lot of issues surrounding jail medical, which has always been a very expensive and very tricky thing to figure out for the county. Uh, Wes Moreno, he is the Escambia County Administrator. He joins us now. Wes, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. Great to be here this morning. Absolutely. I know this is a very complicated and potentially, I mean, it already is a very expensive thing and could be much more expensive. It seems like with so many different issues, this would be a good thing for like a committee of the whole. We could really get a better comprehension of all the issues and better how to solve them. Because it sounds like, you know, I mean, more money is great, but where does that come from, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, when you raise 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 wages or more money in one area, it's, you got to take it from another area. So, it's a, it's a balancing act. It's 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 a dance, if you will. And uh, we've been pulling information this week and uh, getting. Uh, we have raised wages there in, in some of those areas. So we're looking at the wages. We're looking at just the status. And we've actually contacted FRS for the third time uh, after that meeting. It was, uh, uh, we contacted FRS a couple of years back, and then again, uh, I think in 2018 or 17, and then we just contacted FRS again because they hold the designation of high risk, and uh, we've not gotten very positive feedback from FRS regarding ner- the nurses being uh, allocated as high risk. That's the retirement system. So we're contacting system for FRS, and we're looking at the wages, we're looking at the pay and, and the rates, and uh, we'll bring something to the board or to, to inform the board where we're at and what we think we might can do, if we can do anything at all. And also, you know, uh, Lumen brought up the point of people who are in jail get medical treatment, then get out, and they don't get it, and then they have a problem, they come back to jail, whether deliberately or not, they're more expensive to treat if you haven't been treating them all along. That's a part of this problem too, right, is the, just the basic legal obligation to provide medical care for a much higher risk category of citizen than even ordinary insurance would cover, Right. Yeah, that's right. We have uh, a very sickly population, if you will, um, just a whole host of issues. We have some that are do not, you know, do not resuscitate. Um, we have some that are actually in the hospital with terminal illnesses, mm. and uh, those, those are expensive. It's just expensive to care for, and uh, it's part of what, what we have to contend with, and we, we try to do it as best we can. I know, I, I know it's a complicated uh, complicated topic, and the problem also is, you know, the people typically, the citizens, are not standing up and demanding that you fix conditions at the jail because <laughs> that's not a pothole they have to drive over, right? That's that's the situation. Uh, that's right. Um, one of the other things that uh, had come up was the Bay Center and this report. I have not read the report. I'm going on what the PNJ reported that uh, to really get it into the shape it needs would take. Uh, $10 million a year over the next seven years and a $7 million a year average over the next 20 years. Uh, and we are spending $200,000 a year now. Um, ouch. <laughs> ouch. Well, we have, there's, you know, I think there's, there's, you know, we did the facility assessment. There's several different options uh, there and not just options of the scope of work, but there's several options. That we're going to be speaking with ASM about as far as um, how to approach some of those financially. Okay. There may be some creative ways we can do that. Uh, so, you know, you have, I guess, your your lower option, which is about $18 million. Then you have a, a, the mid option that's about $68 million, I think. Then you have the big option that's 
uh, you know, of course, wouldn't have headline 140. Right. But I think we have some options there to to make some significant improvements and do them in a smart way uh, financially. And so with me, I met well, I just met with Michael Katz, who, who runs the base center. I met with him yesterday morning, and then we have another meeting coming up next week. Um, and uh, so there's some active talks uh, going on there uh, in regard to the base center. And we'll come up with a plan. We'll come up with a good plan and a good option to bring to the board. And, and, and by the way, uh, I, we'll see where we, where we land at. I, and I appreciate the note that the 140 is more like the dream list, and uh, maybe there's a much more realistic, lower goal that we can find a way to finance. That makes sense to me. We're talking to Wes Moreno, the Escambia County Administrator. Hang on for just a second, Wes. Let's get traffic on the fives with Jake. Well, we are watching I-10 eastbound just before Avalon Boulevard. State troopers are on the scene assisting a semi-tractor trailer that is disabled, making the exit process a really short one there if you have to exit onto Avalon from I-10 eastbound. Also, Avalon Boulevard, just before you get to I-10, they're uh, headed southbound on Avalon Boulevard. We do have another accident there, but uh, really no major tie-ups in that that area. So uh, otherwise, around town, we're looking really good. If you see anything out there, let us know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, we got a couple of fire stations. I know you talked about this with Commissioner Bergash yesterday and his coffee with the commissioner. Uh, And, you know, fire station in Beulah is waiting on parts because... COVID and the world and the Paradise Beach location is waiting on the Navy because the Navy, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's yep. basically where we're at, right? That is basically where we're at. Uh, the Beulah Fire Station is, you know, right on the verge, but we had some, uh, had to wait on some electrical stuff some transformer stuff, power plant stuff. And uh, now, now it's the doors, you know, you ordered the doors six months ago and they're still not here. That's amazing. And it might be another month or so before they get here and get installed. So, but we're right there at it. Um, it'll be, a, it'll be a good event when we cut the ribbon on that, but it, yeah, it's just about there. Just, just a few more things. And then the paradise beach, you know, nothing's, nothing's fast with government <laughs> and yeah. especially the federal government. And so uh, we've been told, hey, we're right there, we're right there, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, right, right. We're we're ready. We'll we'll see. Almost yes is a lot different time than yes, unfortunately. And uh, there's some you guys are doing some really smart stuff. Uh, You know, one thing I know you're trying to hire for $70,000, Scambia County Fire Rescue Fleet Services Coordinator, you know, we have had real issues with maintenance and upkeep of these fire apparatus and hiring somebody to just do that job full time. That makes good sense to me. Um, you've also got, um, and I thought this is interesting. You and I were chatting before we got on the air, and I had a question for you about what is the $50,000 for the jail inmate morale package? This looks like a very smart use of money that comes from the inmates to begin with, right? Yeah, it was something that we did. Uh, Chief Powell wanted to do throughout the holidays, and it was just an additional holiday care package, if you will. I get some commissary items. Some hygiene items and, and such. It's just like a, it's just a care package for all the inmates, and it comes out of the inmate welfare fund. It's funded by the inmates, basically. That's like and, when they uh, when they pay for the uh, the televisits and stuff like that, and extra commissary supplies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's a pretty healthy fund, and so we wanted to uh, do something throughout the holidays for that, and that's, and that's what that is. And, you know, morale, people may not think that, well, they're inmates, you know, what do they need? No, I mean, morale in the jail is one of your key ways of keeping them from doing bad stuff is if you keep the inmates happier, then, you know, they're, they're going to be easier to manage and cheaper to manage. And, you know, all of that is uh, all of the good. I had a, just a question about the Pareto Key multi-use path. 
um, because we just drove down that way a couple times recently, so I got a chance to see. Construction is underway already on several portions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's existing sidewalk that's narrower than the path and not really as conducive to multi-use path kind of functions. And then there's whole sections where I'm not quite sure what's going to happen there because they haven't, like in front of the Visitor Welcome Center, and then also through the state park. So is it going to be a multi-use path the whole stretch to the state line, or is it going to be kind of a bit here and a bit there and a mixture of old and new and maybe not at all? No, it should be multi-use path the whole the whole route. Even through the state park? The whole route will be multi-use. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, great. <laughs> great. I mean, that's just, that's yeah. very cool. I like that. Um, the two last things I wanted to ask you about, uh, number one, is uh, the legal defense request from Jonathan Owens over the issue with the text messages and all that. Uh, that's going to be on the schedule on Tuesday. You guys, are, the, the board is going to talk about that. Is that right? Yeah, it'll be on the county attorney's agenda. Very good. Um, I lied. I said two. It's actually three. Uh, Baptist Hospital. Um, D.C. Reeves has not asked for the county to take over the project, but he did express he'd be open to that if the county did want to take it and the liability for potential surplus costs above $16.5 million. Uh, are you guys interested in taking over the project, or would you rather work on it as a partner in funding? Uh, we'd rather work it on as a partner in funding. I, and I, again, it's not my decision, but I personally, I have no interest in taking over the whole project. I know I spoke to D.C. a couple of weeks ago. You know, he's putting together uh, like my pledge, if you will, you know, trying to trying to uh, get a pledge for, for the funding to demo mm-hmm. some of the buildings over there. And, uh, you know, I think there's, you know, be the, discuss, the discussion of the board and how they would want to move. But as far as I know, there's no appetite for the county to take over the whole project. Okay, and that's kind of what I figured too, but, you know, it had come up and I thought I'd ask you about it. Last thing now, for real, for promises, uh, wheelchair ramp program. You, your uh, public information office put out a good article about this on the news site, and I didn't even know this was available. I'm sure a lot of other people didn't know this is available. People can have, if they're qualified, they can get free wheelchair ramps provided by the county through other funding. Is that right? Yeah, it's funded through the state housing initiative program, and they're in our neighborhood services, Garrett, Griffin, and uh, Claire Long, Tim Evans, and company. They this is a program that they administer, and if you meet the criteria, the eligibility, uh, we'll come in and assist you uh, in putting a, putting a wheelchair ramp in. And it's a good program; it helps you know helps a lot of people. And uh, we've done two recently: one in District Three, one in District Four. And uh, it's just a good program; it makes it makes a huge difference, huge impact to, to those who are the recipients of, of the money. No, I think it's wonderful. I mean, you know, and it's ship funding, so it's, you know, it's not county tax money or anything like that. So uh, it's just, it's neat. I didn't know about it, and I wanted to share it. I always like to have some good news, including the, uh, as you and I talked about last week, the massive amount of grant funding that was recognized over the course of the last year, and especially the last meeting, and the over $100 million worth of projects that was on that big list of all the things that you guys were talking about having done in 2023. Uh, Wes Reiner, Scambia County Administrator, always a very busy guy, getting a lot done and working hard to solve the problems that haven't yet been solved. I appreciate the time and the work that you've done, Wes. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, Andrew. We'll see you now. Absolutely. And by the way, the meeting is again on a Tuesday next week, not on Thursday because of some travel issues with Tallahassee and Florida Association of Counties. Uh, But just so you know, the issues we were talking about coming up on the agenda are coming up next Tuesday. I'm Andrew McKay. 
It's game time. And if you want the best party platters, meats, and deli items for college or NFL games, Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli is the place to meet up and wine all you want. That's right, Costello's will have it all ready for you. All you got to do is call ahead. Choice to Wagyu, chicken, pork, and prime rib to find wine, cheese, and desserts, boar's head lunch sandwiches, and the best exotic meat selection of the Gulf Coast. Italian family hospitality at its best. It's Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli, a great place to meet up on the west side of Pensacola. Loading the kids in the car, brokering peace in the back seat, mastering the snack handoff without even looking. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things like figuring out what's growing in that cup holder. That's simple human sense. Ask Rushing Insurance in Pensacola and Daphne if auto owners make sense for you. Join the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 10.30 as Cody Martin, the music director of the Pensacola Opera, discusses the kickoff of the 41st season with Donizetti's Lucia di Lammermoor, January 26th and the 28th, a tragic tale of the madness of matrimony. Learn more at PensacolaOpera.com and call or text in your questions for the Pensacola Opera at 850-437-1620. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Are you a fan of all things Florida? Then the Fresh from Florida Club should be on your menu. Search and save your favorite recipes, create custom menus, and get all your cooking questions answered by me, Florida's culinary ambassador, Chef Justin, for free. It's easy to sign up, and best of all, you'll be supporting Florida's farmers, ranchers, and fishermen. Join today at freshfromflorida.com. A message from the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. 4 to 7 on News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. Average for a gallon of gas, 309. Florida's 303. Keeps dipping down by about a penny a day. Mississippi is 267. California's 452. Almost said seven. I don't know where that came from. 267 east at the Walmart, 267 west at the Walmart in Navarre, 272 at the foot of the Garcon Point Bridge across the street at the Murphy in Tiger Point, uh, 289 at a couple of stations going through Gulf Breeze proper, 277 at the Raceway in Milton, 278 at the Pea Ridge Murphy, and then 277 through Pace. In uh, Pensacola, 9 Mile 273, same at the Murphy in front of the Walmart on US 29, coming in from the southwest side. 275 looks like at the Navy Murphy and also at the Shell Station on Cervantes. We've got uh, Jake now with traffic on the fives. Jake? Well, I'm not seeing any major slowdowns or accidents to report at the intersection of Avalon Boulevard and I-10. If you're headed southbound on Avalon, uh, there might be a little bit of a a headache getting through that intersection. We do have an accident there reported uh, on the the southbound lane there getting by I-10. Other than that, around town, we're looking great. Uh, Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is checking in clear. Uh, Highway 29 through Cantonment is accident-free and getting out of Milton this morning on Highway 90. You're looking good. This report is brought to you by Fresh from Florida. Meal planning is work, so let Fresh from Florida help. Learn what's in season and browse hundreds of of recipes at freshfromflorida.com. Eat healthier with Fresh from Florida. 
there's sunshine in every bite. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let us know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. I picture somebody biting into a Florida Fresh product and having <laughs> sunshine just burst out of their mouth. Yes. Like a ray of... I don't know. Empowerment. 657, David Wayne. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? The Minnesota Supreme Court is putting a legal challenge to the state's felon voting restoration law on the fast track for review. Oral arguments in that case expected to start in April. Uh, The Commerce Department reports that retail sales jumped 6% in December thanks to the holiday shopping season. That number beating expectations of a 4% increase. And Godzilla fans will soon be able to see the latest film in the movie in black and white. Coolest uh, news of the day yesterday. Godzilla minus one, minus color. It's <laughs> theaters right. on uh, January 26th. Yeah, no, it's only going to be like a one-week release or something, but it's for anybody who wants to feel like you're watching the new movie in the old style. I just thought that was kind of a neat little, hey, we can do this. You can you can have fun at it. David, thanks so much for the update. Also, big news, uh, Congress has apparently reached a deal to reinstate the child tax credit for people with parent uh, people with people with parents or people with kids and have to file your taxes you know how expensive they are the um, they might lift the refundable cap limit $1600 looks like it's going to be back no word on whether they would have the monthly payment like Biden uh, introduced or not that I I hated that idea but I think that turns out to have actually been a really smart idea uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what trade-offs come with that. But Republicans and Democrats agreeing to reinstate the child tax credit. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, time now for future news. Future news, and we tell you what's going to happen before it happens. All right, we've covered it a little bit. We'll cover it a little bit more coming up. Uh, will President, Tr- will the, the the DC court say that an unconvicted for impeachment president is <laughs> still liable for criminal prosecution after he leaves office? Uh, yes. Yeah, they yeah. will. I think they will. But it's a very, very interesting case and very interesting claims being made by the Trump legal team. Uh, term limits. A lot of conversation about this. Uh, will all constitutional officers eventually be subject to term limits, as Michelle Salzman uh, said to Jeff Bergash no. yesterday? I'm going to say no, particularly sheriffs. Stream us at newsradio923.com. Newsradio 92.3. WNRP Golf Free's Milton, Pensacola.